Hello and welcome to Sunday Rituals with me, Tomiwa Fullerton-Shaw. Your Sunday ritual where each week I sit down with a different guest or guests and talk to them about their Sunday rituals. This week I chatted away to Fumi who is an artist, a writer, a student um, and probably one of the coolest like actually the coolest you know when someone's vibe and their energy is just like so almost like elite that is her like i just i'm obsessed um so i hope you enjoy this episode hi for me thank you so much for joining me on sunday rituals can you introduce yourself please hi so my name is Fumi. I live between Lagos, Nigeria and the UK. Um, I go to the University of Edinburgh. I make collages and I'm a writer. Yeah. Thanks. Oh yeah, that's really bad. I forgot you were a writer. No, I didn't mean forget, but I've just been <laughs> so focused on your work. Sorry. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I make it more like art. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. I used to write more than I made art, but now it's like almost like an interesting process where I experiment and I create a lot of stuff. So yeah, I think it, it's symbiotic though. Both feed into each other and like I write like some texts in my collages and stuff. So yeah, I was gonna say like it's kind of like personal, but it's also like educational in a way. Like I make little like mini collage essays now which is kind of like it's a blend of like personal and which is quite nice because it started off very personal yeah yeah now it feels like um even before when i've seen seen some of your your art i was like oh that's really cool that's really amazing and it always felt like you were saying something (laughs) no that's okay but now it definitely feels like something (laughs) (laughs) when did you start i started when i was nine um i was making these like vision boards like my future house um (laughs) like my future holiday like where i want to go on holiday and yes i was doing that in primary school and for some reason in secondary school i kind of forgot that i had this thing i was interested in so i didn't do it that much but um during my A-levels, I had this renewed interest in making them and I contributed to Tavi Gevinson's Rookie Mag online. And I would make these creations like in response to the collage kits and stuff. So like 2016 to 2018, I was really like developing my style and like bending reality and trying to like get into surrealism and just weird images. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you... For people who maybe don't know, so like I, when I think of like collaging in your art, like you are yeah. like cutting things out and sticking them on paper. That makes it sound so simple. That's not. Um... <laughs> no, yeah, it's simple. I think that's what I love yeah. about it. It's really simple. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like basically and... manipulating these images and combining them in ways that, like, you know make sense or don't make sense so it's all about how things relate to each other so I think that's why I find it interesting because you like you bring these associations together um to build a story or you know 
even just make something pretty doesn't have to be deep <laughs> mm-hmm. do you start with intention yeah. do you start creating with intention or do you just just do it's it it's a mix I would say it's definitely a mix because sometimes I'm like just I just feel like making something so I just start and I have like images that I collect and like certain files so I bring things out combine them flick through magazines um so sometimes it's just random and I build a story from scratch but sometimes I have like something I want to talk about or even just you know something I've been thinking about for a long time whether it's like blackness or social issues like women's rights um just certain things have been on my mind that's when I make them intentionally but other times I'm just experimenting and just having fun yeah that's really nice I just think it's I never I always say I'd never and then I'm like maybe it's just my memory's really bad but before I'd seen your work I hadn't really seen anything like it um, really and I spot it and yeah I hadn't that's really I'd cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah I mean I am an artist but I feel like I'm so many things that like um I guess I might actually not want to like you know be like throwing things down people's throats and like <laughs> like being like okay guys like here's all my stuff like in your face but like I think yeah I definitely call myself an artist um I love yeah. ideas and sometimes I explore that in words and sometimes like I make these collages and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed. Right now, like this is my medium for like communicating like messages and stuff. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. You, in your Instagram, in, your, in the Instagram bio for your um, art page, you, it says like yeah. visual culture and social change meet here. And I feel this is a bit like the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? But what came first, yeah. the social change or the visual culture? It's quite hard for, for me to say because all of those, like both of those things have always been linked um, for me. Um, I grew up in a household where both of my parents had a love for design. My mum is an architect and my dad's a lawyer, but he's very invested in culture, collects art, and he's invested in the local art scene in Nigeria. So. I was surrounded by all this art and I also had a sensibility for design at the same time. Um, But also, you know, in a place like Nigeria, you can't avoid social issues. You see this, like, these Mm -hmm. dark kind of disparities in wealth and you kind of are forced to confront, like, more sad realities or more, like, you know, kind of political dysfunction and things like that. So I think with those, you know, the nature and nurture kind of thing, my environment. I think both of those have always been linked together. But I think the social change aspect drives my work. So if I had to answer that, I would definitely say social change comes first. Because then, like, I can make things look pretty, but that's, like, usually, like, the basis for what I do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You said you can't avoid talking or like not maybe not talking but you can't avoid the the politics and the social issues of Nigeria but you could yeah. ignore them or not talk about them because 
and people choose to do that. Do you feel responsibility? True. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the gag. <laughs> that's actually the gag because, like, I feel like, I feel like, okay, you can, you definitely can, because that's my personal viewpoint, right? Like, some people just, mm-hmm. you know, they want to live carefree and be like, you know, that's none of my business. I just want to go for the concerts and do the, like, you know, have fun and whatever. And, you know, fair enough, but it just feels very, like, bleak where you're, like, rocking at a concert and, like, people are living in, like, slums above water, mm-hmm. like, a few minutes away. It's just kind of like, oh, you know. Yeah. Or you're getting out of your, like, car and, like, clutching your, like, designer bags and there's someone, like, groveling, like, on the floor, mm-hmm. like, next to you, like, asking you for, like, literally, like, one pound. <laughs> you're just mm-hmm. like, oh. So it's, yeah. it's, like, very mm-hmm. much, you know, I, I find it really intense because um, mm-hmm. it's an environment with so many extremes. Like, it's very, it's jarring, to be honest. So, yeah. I mean, I find it jarring. Um, I, just, I don't know. It just feels morally, like, wrong to not address stuff. But, you know, yeah. I guess some people, like, might not, you know. Own. Yeah, each to their own. Like, I feel like some people might find it easier to ignore it. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think, so the last time I was in Nigeria was like two years ago. And I think even, and I wasn't born there, I didn't grow up there. So yeah, my relationship is very different. And mm. even when I came back, I was like, because I'm, like you said, it is an environment of extremes. But also for me, as um someone who was born and raised, in Britain how I talk about this Nigeria um, Mm -hmm. and the narrative that I share um, contribute to is really important um, to me and how I do that and so I've always been conscious about not talking about it a lot Mm -hmm. maybe um, yeah. and trying to find other people who can share and talk about it better yeah. because it's complex um, it's very it's complex. very complex it's very very yeah. complex I mean like I feel like it's I feel really grateful for growing up in the environment because there's a lot of issues don't get me wrong um <laughs> I don't I mean where do we start with that like inefficient <laughs> electricity whether yeah. you're like top 10 percent or you know struggling the roads are like yeah. riddled with potholes and stuff even in developed areas there's just a lot of structural infrastructure things that shouldn't be this way but you know because of certain people that are getting like big like thick contracts um mm-hmm. there's no incentive to make things better and yeah. so it's kind of like it's very complex because you know that they're resources and they're educated people hard-working people you know, we have activists and people passionate about making society better, but it's like, when you do that, people actually want to bring you down and people, like, don't want you to, like, succeed. And that's partly why journalism hasn't been thriving in Nigeria, because if you speak out about stuff, you're going to get cut. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get cut. Yeah. Like, you know, you know like, it's it's toxic. But I guess, you know, yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a mix of things. I, I love the country, but I'm also, like, very frustrated by that time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm just happy like I wasn't in an environment where people would make me feel weird because of my hair or like you know tell me that my skin looks like poo because or whatever like I feel like black people growing up in the diaspora must be so hard like I just feel like it's easy to be in the sunken place you know (laughs) I think it's it's all hard in different ways and it's all relative there's something about your work and collaging as well that feels like a reimagining be that a reimagining of the world of society um of ourselves as human beings and so I'd quite like to know what does the reimagining of your world look like? I think I like um imagining more beauty in you know the rather harsh intense kind of environment um in Nigeria, Lagos particularly, you know, just highlighting the beauty that exists here because I think we have all these narratives of like trauma and like poverty and all this stuff, but there's also a lot of beauty and heritage and, you know, culture. Um so I like highlighting beauty that exists around me. But also like, you know, drawing up ironies and contrasts, which is, you know, natural for me because I grew up in a place where it was it was full of contrast and full of irony and extremes um and I also love centering blackness in my work because you know the gatekeepers in the art world tokenize (laughs) they like to tokenize (laughs) black identities it's like we have this exhibition and all the blacks all the black artists okay there you go this is your (laughs) it's like all the queer artists, we have to have this exhibition and like push them into. It's always, you know, gatekeepers doing this, these representations of us that's like tokenized and like, it's like, okay, for like one year, we're going to put this installation up, but we're not going to put your art in the permanent collections and stuff. So I feel like mm-hmm. for me, like it's really important to like make art with black people in it and just, you know, because just I'm tired. You know, even in growing up yeah. in Nigeria, like coloring pencils we were using, it was like just like they'll tell you nude is like this peach color. And I remember like being in class and just being like, huh? <laughs> like, really? what's going on? Yeah, like even like you know, Crayola and all the popular brands and stuff, yeah. like when you're doing coloring and stuff in class, like you'll be struggling to find the brand that looks like you. I'll just be trying to match it. Like, Master foundations, yeah. but like with coloring pencils <laughs> or like marker like if I was drawing myself or someone else like I was just like huh <laughs> but you know it's, it's it's weird because I feel like these you know anti-black kind of narratives like creep into all the corners of the world so even mm-hmm. though you know I was you know in Nigeria full of black people there's still the sense of like straight hair is better lighter skin is better you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. It's yeah. just very, it's very weird. So yeah, I think centering blackness in general is like really important for me. Yeah, and I think there's something nice, especially when it's coming from a black artist. Yeah. You can center blackness and show it in its, um, and especially like, and center blackness and like black Nigerianness. And because you are exactly. a Nigerian artist, it feels like you are the right 
voice to talk about it in 360 yeah. degrees. If that makes it, yeah, you can talk definitely about the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, like, um, yeah, yeah, and if that's really refreshing, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's therapy, yeah. really, yeah, because you know, every day we see another like white male photographer that's like embracing the black female form, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've done this. You've done this, and it was really shit the first time. So why do you have to do it again and again and again and again and again? Like boring. Yeah. Uh huh. It's boring. Boring. I'm tired. I know. Aren't we all? Where do you um see your art going, or do you see a career as an artist, or like what does art in your future look like? I think if I'm not, you know, I think I feel like I will have periods of phasing in and out of making, you know, periods of making loads of art and periods of maybe like pausing and reflecting and changing my direction. Um, but I'm always, always going to be interested in like the cultural sector, media, like, you know, storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. I feel very free to explore things in writing and art so I feel like it will definitely involve either one of those um I'll always be an artist but I feel like I'm gonna have periods where I'm creating a lot and some where I might not be creating as much but I think that interest will always be there yeah 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 um who did I speak to I can't remember I think yeah it was when I was in Rio and I spoke uh, yeah I really can't remember her name and she was basically talking about, like, she's an academic, what do you say, an academic, an activist, and an artist. And she oh, spoke wow. really nicely about how the three just, like, constantly recharge yeah. each other, almost. That you take what they you do. learn and, they yeah, do. and that can be art, and your art is activism, and then you're like, I need to learn more to make my activism better, or, she, yep. you know, different, or whatever, that. and you, yeah. I was like, ah, I you can that. do it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the world is full of so much, like, space to develop ideas through in so many different ways. So, you know, I would definitely say I'm an artist, writer, and all these things, but it all starts with ideas. And yeah. ideas, like, can't be, um, they can't be sort of, boxed into one thing like before you translate mm-hmm. them into any form or medium that's like the raw material there so you know I feel like yeah. you know there's a lot of spaces there's, there's freedom to do whatever you want really just depends on if you're, yeah. you know you feel empowered to do it yeah and I think especially because it's something I've thought about and like um wondered about and considered and worried about it as well and when I look and see people who are doing that really well it always seems to be black or like black or gender non-conforming people like Mm -hmm. black women or gender non-conforming people like they just seem to do it um the best I mean I'm not surprised (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) of course we do it's interesting because black women and gender non-conforming people are constantly put like asked to explain themselves so I think part of it comes from trauma of like or even just the reality of like 
people constantly trying to qualify why you are doing the things you do or why you are mm -hmm. in a certain space so almost mm -hmm. that reflection means that we can tap into who we are a lot more than someone who's just like you know I don't yeah. see color just because they're white and they haven't really yeah. engaged with what race means and you know um we really dig deep because mm -hmm. the world kind of forces us to to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it does. You just do it, and then you just you have, you just have to. You almost like have to come out fighting because there's no other exactly. feel to it. Like there's no other option. You, no, and you have yeah. to like come out a hundred percent loving yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's almost so sad because it it sometimes it's feels sad. like you can as a black woman you can only be at either end of the spectrum. It's like. Mm -hmm you really mm -hmm. the world makes you feel like you hate yourself and that you don't deserve to be here and doesn't yep. care about you and doesn't yeah or you and it's almost like to counter that if you are lucky enough and you have the tools to you have to you come out and you're like well I this is who I am and I love myself so much and mm -hmm. I am amazing and black women exactly. are amazing gender non-conforming black people are amazing and you're gonna have to exactly. see all my amazingness yeah yeah. like deal with it <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like that's the yeah. energy and part of me feels like I don't feel like doing the most is a lot because I'm like Nigerian and because you know I come from a home where my parents were ambitious and they also mm -hmm. um, like you know have always you know empowered me to say okay look you know go for this do this you can do it so I feel very you know people are like you do so much and I'm like yeah what's next like <laughs> Like, I feel like, how can I not be ambitious and how can I not, you know, want the best for myself and, you know, be passionate about what yeah. I do? It just comes naturally, yeah. really. Like, average yeah. just doesn't cut it. <laughs> yeah, like, what? what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've this Nigerian auntie in my head that's just like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. any, any I... moment, like... <laughs> And that's it. Until next week when part two drops. But in the meantime, you can keep all up to date with Fumi and her work and her art and her thoughts and her coolness um, by following her on Instagram. So I will pop links to everything below. Um, and of course, please don't forget to follow us at Sunday.rituals um, or use the hashtag SundayRituals with the wee star. Anyway, um, if you're listening to this on a Sunday, I hope you have a really good week. If you're listening to this during the week, I hope you're having a really good week. I will see you back here same time next Sunday. Bye!